Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome again to Rate Don't Hate, the show where we try and eliminate as much bias as we possibly can in terms of overall performances of players throughout the season and just really try and hone in and focus on individual games. I am joined, of course, by James Milner of Anfield Index, Mr. Guy Drinkle. Guy, Liverpool versus Arsenal, a game of two halves, would you say? Um, kind of, and I don't like this James Milner stuff. Um, <laughs> a more important point there. Kind of, yeah. I think we were much better in the second half, but more so from us, because I don't think Arsenal were better in the first half. Well, I don't think they were great in the first half. But yeah, it was just it was just kind of, it was kind of just a bad game, wasn't it? It was just terrible. And then, well, thank you, Aaron Ramsdale and Ben White and Co for letting Jota score a goal. But uh, yeah, it was a bit of an ugly game. But yeah, we got better in the second half, certainly. We certainly did. And in terms of um, performing when you're not playing well, uh, that's kind of what champions do. They get results when they're not playing well. Um, Opposed to, we saw obviously Man City the other day, they played well, I thought, mm. and then didn't get a result. So yeah, you, you take the wins at this point in time, any way they come, whether you're playing well or not playing well. It's all about putting pressure on Man City, trying to go above them and staying above them for the rest of the season. Guy, um, there were some key performances in this game from an individual perspective. Uh, with regards to how the game went. And, and, and I'm curious to see how you rated some of the players or all of the players and, and whether or not that correlated with my ratings and then also with the AI Pro subscribers' ratings. So let's kick things off as we always do on this podcast from the back going forward with Alison Becker. I'll kick us off here. I, I gave Alison Becker uh, 9 out of 10. Um, I'm looking at your ratings and Ali's got an 8 out of 10 and that's an 8.8 from AI Pro subscribers. So they were leaning closer towards my 9 than your 8, but I I don't think either is a bad score. I thought these are the games where he really shines in the sense that we're not playing well. You could easily concede a goal, obviously the big chance being that Odegaard chance 
Um, he does well to stay up when Lacazette goes through from that phenomenal Thiago assist through ball. Um, the the vision to to see him behind Van Dijk and everyone else was just pass. majestic. It's 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 well weighted, invites the keeper out of the goal, um, just enough to to cause him problems. But um, yeah, but Allison does well to to stay on his feet. Um, usually we've seen penalties being given away for thing, you know, in those situations. And I think Lacazette was trying to angle for one, but Allison did well not to go down and kind of took away that chance from Lacazette. He he stabilizes himself, plays the ball to Odegaard. <laughs> you see 500 Liverpool players running back towards their own goal, thinking I get a goal line clearance here, or at least get bodies on the line. Um, but Allison is the one that pulls off the save. And and from there, going forward, I think that's probably when the momentum shift towards Liverpool, which is a weird thing. After a big chance, you'd think Arsenal would try and put more pressure being the home team, but that wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, I, I was really happy with Allison stepping up when he's needed. A goalkeeper that doesn't get asked to do a lot in games, but then has to be absolutely on it when he's asked to do something. It, it's it's a really high standard that he's keeping at the moment. Absolutely. I think I mentioned on last week's show, I, I can't remember when we last did one, uh, but the last show we did, I think um, I mentioned this is probably his best run of form ever in Liverpool shirt. And yeah, th- this just continues it. Because as you say, I think he basically only had that one save to make. And <laughs> Arsenal didn't even create it, as you say. Um, but yeah, it's just like if you compare him to the opposition keeper, for instance, Ramsdale in that situation is cleaning out Lacazette, as you say, for a penalty or he's trying to get the ball off his feet. But Alisson, I think, uh, was it, it might have been Carragher or Neville, who uh, one was on the uh, punditry and one was on commentary. He said he played it basically like a defender, he basically jockeyed Lacazette into the pass, and Odegaard takes a touch, fortunately, but. Ali just makes himself huge because, well, he is. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just he's just the best. Like, and I feel bad giving him an eight, but I did do my ratings two minutes ago because we forgot we were doing this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's he, he's he is literally just the perfect goalkeeper. And I feel like I've got to stop knocking him down for having little to do. But he doesn't have much to do. But what he does do is everything perfectly now, especially nowadays. But, yeah, everything is perfect. He has, like, one bad kick every four games, and he likes to keep us on our toes. But I'm pretty sure that's just because he's bored. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll probably say that. Yeah. Just just adds, adds a little bit of spice to the game every now and then. Um, Guy, we move on to the fullbacks. And, obviously, Robbo gets the assist for Bobby Firmino's goal. Trent though, had, I thought, the harder of the two jobs. Um, mm-hmm. We know Saka is really talented, and I thought Robertson did well there in, in just holding Saka off uh, somewhat in this game. But the perception, at least, is that Trent was just getting absolutely destroyed by Martinelli. Um, considering that, looking back at the game, I couldn't see... And maybe this is more to do with Martinelli's decision making in the final third than necessarily Trent's defending. But a lot of those times that Martinelli did get past Trent, it didn't result in too much in terms of a dangerous situation. Liverpool were able to clear the lines or get a block in or you know, just stop things um 
that were coming down that left-hand side. What, what was your perception of specifically Trent's performance and then obviously Robo, Robo on the left-hand side, you know, more impressive defensively and also um, impressive offensively getting the assist, of course. Just to give you an idea, um, AI Pro subscribers have a 6.7 for Trent and an 8 for Robertson. Uh, your scores there, um, are, are they leaning the same way in, term, in terms of who you've given the higher mark for for those two players? Yeah, I'm pretty much almost in agreement. I think if I could go 0.5, I would have given Trent the 0.5 because he was good going forward or certainly passing from deep. But whether it's his own fault or systemically he didn't have the protection, Martinelli did roast him twice, maybe three times because I think he did him twice in one incident, didn't he? Um but I think he did he did recover really well to be fair. I think them two the one <laughs> the one where he megged Henderson, which was funny. Um <laughs> there was that one and then I think there was one where he literally just like knocked it by him and then just sprinted past him. But as you say, Martinelli didn't really do anything with that, so it may it well it is it is bad defending because he did get done twice. But I think Trent recovered quite well. Second half Martinelli didn't really do anything. Um, and basically when he did get beat it's in situations where there wasn't really much danger and yeah I think there was sometimes where do you ever see Robertson get one on one that much I, I think that's kind of been our issue this season is is the right the right midfield I don't want to just blame Henderson but the right midfield regardless who's been there but he has mainly been Henderson it's it's seemingly more in a, an attacking role so Trent has more to do defensively and as we say Martinelli is so much more a direct threat than Saka I, Saka's a great prospect but I think he's much easier to defend than Martinelli especially the way Martinelli is playing recently but yeah I, I went I went with a six for Trent because he, he was re, in the first half when we struggled a wee bit his passing from deep was pretty much the only outlet we had because Thiago didn't have a good half, in my opinion, which we'll get on to in a sec. Trent created that Mane chance right at the end of the half, if I remember correctly. And there was a couple other incident, uh, incidences. Um, but yeah, he was good on the ball. Martinelli just got the best of him a couple times, but it was a bit of an up and down game from Trent. I almost went with a seven, but I think when you get roasted a couple times, you just got to knock it off a bit. But as I say, I would have went point five if I could. And Robertson, yeah, I went with an eight. He got the assist. He he locked down Saka, who probably had his quietest game in, in a while that I've seen Arsenal. Um, but that probably happens when you come up against, against the best full uh, left back in the country. So yeah, there's levels to the game, and I think Robbo showed it. To be fair, um, really good from Robbo because he's had he's had a couple games where. <laughs> He just has that, doesn't he? He has a couple games where he's fine defensively, but attacking it doesn't click, and then he starts shooting, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> um, but this one, yeah, he kept Saka in his pocket really all game, got him subbed off for Pepe, and then put Pepe in his pocket instead. So, yeah, I thought Robbo was spot on, and, and the assist was just a really nice um, pass into the box, and we'll get on to Bobby's finish. But, yeah, nice finish by Bobby. But, yeah, I thought Robertson was really good. Beautiful stuff. And obviously, I think it's really been good for Robertson's season to have Tsimikas breathing down his neck, um, especially with the start that Tsimikas had this season. Brilliant performance from Robertson. I thought very solid, as you said, defensively and to the point where uh, Saka then gets substituted for 
Nicola Pepe. Uh, and then, obviously, going forward, uh, Adventurous. I thought maybe his link-up play with Diaz wasn't as hot as we've seen it in recent mm. times. But maybe that will... You know, I'm, I'm hinting at my score going, uh, looking a bit forward. But we'll 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 pause that conversation for a little bit. Um, we'll move on to Trent. I did think Martinelli had the better of him. Mm-hmm. I think the the problem with Trent now is that I think Liverpool feel obliged to overcorrect whenever he does have a bad performance or 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 forwards get the better of him. Because that confirmation bias exists, because it's the lazy commentary thing to say that, oh, Trent can't defend. So when it does happen, it almost I always get that feeling. Liverpool fans always try to cover up when it does happen, opposed to saying when it does happen, admitting, okay, he didn't have a good game then. The guy on the wing was having joy against him. And I think the fact that they didn't score at least create dangerous chances from those situations i thought had more to do with martinelli than it had to do with trent personally Mm. um Mm -hmm. i thought if if you if you had let's say um one of our front three having skinned past trent in that position to deliver a pass i'm thinking they're going to be creating a lot more chances than what happened when martinelli got into those positions so the argument that well they didn't really create that many chances from it i i think that's outside the scope of the conversation of mm-hmm. well did he defend him well he didn't in my opinion um but martinelli didn't then go on after having gone past trent to deliver a good chance so um yeah that that was my opinion on it and as i say i i like to call it like i see it when trent plays well defensively i'll point it out i mean we've seen goal line clearances we've seen last ditch tackles from him this he's been, season he's better so defensively than offensively recently <laughs> yeah he's been really good defensively he's been switched on but unfortunately as a fullback that's not going to be your game every single week they are talented players in and around the premier league and i thought martinelli did um, give Trent a lot of trouble in this game. Uh, and then you mentioned whether it's systemic or something. You know, it could have been the system. It could have been how much help or little help Trent got at certain points in time. But yeah, for me, uh, I gave Trent a six. Um, so yeah, I, I think I had the lowest score there for, for Trent. Well, we um, say, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, but I, I, mine was more solid six. I know you were probably leaving <laughs> more 6.5. I appreciated the pass to Mane because <laughs> Mane should have done better with that. But we'll come about True. it. True. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. So yeah, I, I went with a solid six for for Trent on that one. I went an eight uh, along with everyone else really for Robertson. But let's move on to the midfield guy. We've got Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago as a starting trio. Um, We're not doing the centre backs today. <laughs> Oh yeah, we we can we can. Oh, we wait, can. oh I thought um, you I thought you just forgot. We we mixing the order up. I like it. Look, the centre backs, like the centre backs, they've got eights from me, both mm. of them. Um, from AI Pro subscribers, there's an eight point five for Matip and a seven point four from big for Big Verge. I know you gave uh, a Matip a nine and. VVD a seven, so maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe me glossing over it has more to do with my score than necessarily the AI Pro subscriber score and your score, where you both saw a differential there between Matip and mm-hmm. Van Dijk, obviously favouring Matip um, in terms of the higher rating. I'm guessing not to say Van Dijk played badly, but just 
Matip did a lot more yeah. in that game. Now, Pretty much, yeah. Is that is that to do with the fact that he was on Trent's side and when Trent got beaten, usually it's the buck stopped with Matip either clearing the ball or, or getting a, a recovery block in there or was, was it something else that, that you saw in the game? No, I think you summarised it quite well there. I think, yeah, Matip had more to do because, well, their, their only threat was that side, as we say. Saka didn't really do out and Lacazette only got a chance because Thiago played him a great pass. Um, so yeah, I think I think you've explained it well. I felt I thought Van Dijk was a bit lackadaisical at times, and not bad. But do you know where Van Dijk is? He's just the most confident human being in the world, and it gets it gets a bit too far. I think there was a couple incidents where it's like you can start jogging a bit, Van D- Virgil, mate. But other than that, yeah, I thought he was fine. He didn't have loads to do, as I say. Robo kept Saka at bay, and, and Lacazette is. Well, he's basically a midfielder, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, I don't think Van Dijk had loads to do. But um, I thought Matip was really good. So, yeah, I, I bumped him up a, a, an extra point. An extra point for Matip there. But, yeah, guys, AI Pro subscribers, if you do um, have anything, definitely do comment to us in terms of that differentiation. But I, I, I'm hoping that Guy and I have covered where that differential came from. From my perspective, uh, as I said, both it's for me, I, I thought Van Dijk did well to organise the defence. Um, and then also, I thought, although, yes, Matip had some blocks and stuff, a lot of the balls then went over Matip's head and Van Dijk had to be the one to clear the balls in those situations. So I thought they shared that responsibility quite well in making sure that the chances were very limited for Arsenal. But, Guy, enough stalling. Let's move on to the midfield. I know what you're doing. You're trying to stall to get to the midfield. Um, we've got <laughs> Fabinho, we've got Henderson, we've got Thiago. And the reason why I'm confident that you're stalling is because you are clearly the biggest hater of our midfield. Um, interesting in terms of average ratings, but overall, you've got an eight for Fabinho. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got eight from me and a 7.7 from AI Pro subscribers. So I, I think we were all kind of in that position where he had a solid game, made the the, the necessary fouls when he had to make them. Um, offensively, I don't think he, he stood out in any way, but at least kept things ticking from my perspective. What were your thoughts on Fabinho before we move on to what's probably the more interesting uh, ratings from this game? Uh, he played midfield on his own for the first half, so he did well there. Um, he did a big shagger tackle, which is obviously bonus points. Um, I just thought he was really good. Um, nothing hugely flashy, but I thought he was a tad isolated at the time and pretty much handled it on his own. So, yeah, I, I thought he was quite good. Um, as I say, the big tackle is bonus points, of course. But good on the ball, good off the ball. I don't think he was quite man of the match worthy. That's why I went with an eight. But uh, yeah, he was. He was. I thought he was really good. Awesome stuff. Um, yeah, I think you've summed it up there. I don't think we need to add much more to that. But let's go on to Thiago and Henderson. Now, you've gone sixes for both. Mm. Uh, um, um, and I'm curious about that. And AI Pro subscribers, they've gone a 5.8 for Henderson and a 6.4 for Thiago. I've given them both sixes. 
as well, which is why I was saying I'm curious to see where your sixes stemmed from. What were your thoughts on Henderson and Tiago's performances? Um, I'll start with Henderson. He just, well, he got he got nutmeg for a start, which was, <laughs> I mean, if it cost us a goal, we'd all be fuming, but now we can look back and it, it's kind of funny. But he, he didn't really help Trent defensively, and I don't think, I can't remember him doing much on the ball. I think he pressed well and stuff like that, which he always does. Sometimes he goes a bit dog chasing the car, but I thought he was mostly fine in that regard this time. I think there was one incident where he went charging to press a centre-back for no reason. Um... But, yeah, almost a bit of a nothing game from Henderson. I don't think he did anything hugely bad or anything hugely good. I almost went with a five because the defensive issues... If if Arsenal attacked more, maybe you could bump him down a bit. But, yeah, it was it was just a weird one. We seem to just avoid the midfield whilst attacking. So it seemed to be just big passes from Trent, Van Dijk and Matip more than, more than anything. Um... But yeah, a bit, a bit of a, a quietly meh game for Henderson. But if there was a bit more to do, I think it would have been easier to judge whether he was really bad or good or whatever. But yeah, I went, I went with a six for him just because I can't, I can't really remember him in the game other than getting nutmegged, which may have maybe <laughs> worth demotion if anything. Um, Thiago, first half I thought he was quite bad. To be fair, he, he was kind of a non-factor. He was. He was panicky at times. I think some people have put stats out and said, "Oh, he got eighty-two percent pass retention and stuff like that." He's Thiago. He should be. He should do eighty-two percent in his sleep. Um, I just thought he was a bit panicky in the first half. He did get better in the second, but he did try to assist Arsenal the goal. I know he assisted our goal, but he tried to assist them first. <laughs> so that's why I went with a six. So it's a much more up and down performance from. From Thiago, that's why I've averaged it down to a six. Whereas Henderson, I think it was just a constant state of, are you playing? <laughs> um, whereas Thiago, it's like, well, that was eventful. But yeah, I thought it was one of his stranger games in the Liverpool shirt. Because at first half, I thought he was a bit panicked at times. Because Arsenal were playing quite well. But second half, when we kind of gained control, he played a bit. He played better. He got more involved. But yeah, I think he kind of got a knock him down for the Odegaard chance, but the assist is fantastic because he does take like basically the whole Arsenal team out with one pass. One pass to destroy them all. Um, yeah, from my perspective, uh, I, I agree with the poor performance from Thiago and, and it's all things relative, really. Um, as you said, if a Thiago is getting 82% pass completion, we know something's wrong. There are other players around the world that will be absolutely ecstatic with 82%, but that's just not his level. So it, it is all things relative when it comes to, um, you know, deciding how the players played. Henderson, again, a good a, a good um, foil on that right-hand side from an attacking standpoint in the sense of, I think it, it, it continues to free up space for the likes of Salah and Trent to operate when he does his overlap runs. Um, defensively, I wasn't all too hot on how he performed at times. I, I thought there were times where he left Trent a bit exposed, especially because, if I'm not mistaken, we saw this exact game from Martinelli in the Carabao Cup where Martinelli was clearly the plan for them. Get the ball to Martinelli, let him drive at Trent and see if we can get something out of that. So yeah. we should have known that this was coming. 
Um, and I don't think we were as prepared as I would have liked us to be, whether it's from the coaching staff perspective or if it's from Mr. Henderson himself. I think there was a bit of disconnect there and we should have been better prepared um, for what, what may come. You know, I guess I, I laid a bit of that blame on him, obviously giving the six there. Tiago, as you mentioned, not so great in the first half, stepped it up in the second half, helped build a nice tempo in the second half, I thought. Um, but yeah, that assist, almost assist to Lacazette was um, not great. But the good thing about players, having players like Thiago, having players like an Allison or a Van Dyke, you know, or a Salah, is these guys, whenever they make a mistake, that doesn't haunt them for the rest of the game. They're just like, okay, it was a mistake, my bad. And then they move on and they continue to still give brave passes. You know, how many players would have still played that pass to Jota after having made that mistake uh, that almost let Lacazette in? Some players just go into a shell. So I, I was happy that he came out of that um, still being positive and, and helped us, uh, you know, in, in our in our pursuit of a win and closing the gap at the top of the table Guy, closing the gap in terms of whose favorite team this is to play, I think Jota's closing the gap on Firmino here. Um, Jota gets the nod, 56 minutes played. Um, what were your thoughts on Jota's cameo in this game? He's got a 6.4 average rating from AI Pro subscribers, a 6 from myself. You've given him a 6 as well, pretty much 6s all round, if I can round up there. Um, but yeah, what, what did you make of Shota and, and obviously his pursuit of Firmino and, and the, the rights to, to owning Arsenal Football Club? Um, yeah, I think they're going to have to share the house keys, I think. There, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't good from Jota, but he scored a goal. I mean, Ramsdale should have 100% saved it and they should have defended it better. But I think Jota knew that. <laughs> it's Arsenal. If I shoot, it will go in. So fair enough to him. But no, I don't think he was very good. He, he, he's... We had a weird front three, which we'll tell by our ratings in a sec, but we kept moving people about. Nobody had a natural position until the subs came on. So yeah, he got the goal, but we looked very disconnected for whatever reason. I'd probably put more most of the blame on the front three because there was no real movement. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there was no real movement. Nobody was dropping in the lines. The midfield, you kind of got to blame the midfield at times as well for that. But you see, you saw when Bobby came on. As soon as he came on, there was much more of a link, even more to a certain degree. More didn't have the biggest involvement, which we'll come on to when we mention the subs. But there was people picking up pockets of space in, in between the lines, and that just wasn't happening first half. And yeah, I, I think Jot was a part of that, but so so were the other two. But um, he scored. That's why he got a six. So it kind of speaks volumes of what my rating would have been if he didn't score. It would have probably been quite low. But uh, yeah, not the best performance. But that's kind of what a Jotter is. He scores, but he doesn't play well. I mean, when he was in the really good patch of form, he wasn't playing this badly without scoring. But uh, yeah, I think it's a really important goal because since coming back from injury, he's not really looked himself. So at least he scored a goal. And he well, we'll see if he plays on Sunday. But uh, yeah, good goal. Crap performance. Good goal, crap performance. Um, you, you kind of stole the words out of my mouth towards the end there, where saying that's kind of been Jota's game is not necessarily the great in the build up play or, you know, linking play up, uh, but 
he's very lethal in front of goal. So lethal. I think he's got the most efficient shot um, shot to goal ratio of our front players. I was looking at it the other day um, or just after the Arsenal game. I think he's at 20%, which is the highest at the moment, I think, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, at least he's efficient when, when he does shoot. Um, and yeah, he gets the 56 minutes. Another player that got 56 minutes is Luis Diaz. Now, before this game, Guy, he was probably the player a lot of people were most excited to see play, especially when you when you know that Tom Yasu isn't playing and it's Cedric playing there. But I, I was left a bit flat from uh, Diaz's performance. I gave him a five. Um, nothing special, nothing horrible. Uh, a 6.4 from AI Pro subscribers. You've gone with a five as well. So I'm 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 happy that I I'm not the only one that gave him a five in the sense that he's allowed to get fives. Uh, it doesn't change my opinion of what I think he's going to bring to us for the rest of the season or what he's brought so far. But in this game, I thought it fell a bit flat for him. If I can unmute myself, um, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it was it was disappointing because I think most people like obviously you're excited to see Diaz because it's Diaz, but as you said, it's their backup right back, and we know who Cedric is. He was an okay fullback at Southampton. He's kind of been a figure of fun at Arsenal. I know he's been really he's been quite dependable um, the last few games since Tommy Asu's injury, um, or last couple of months I should rather say. But it's still Cedric. Um, he just didn't seem himself at all. Like when he got the ball, he was kind of slow. He wasn't direct. Maybe the weather. That's just making excuses, but I'll go <laughs> with it. Um, he just he just didn't really seem himself. Maybe he was just nervous. Maybe it's just an off night, which they are human. It happens. But yeah, five for me. He just really didn't do anything. There's just nothing like wait. Anyone who didn't watch Portuguese or Colombian football, we're not exactly experts on Luis Diaz. We've only seen him a handful of times, but from what we've seen at his Liverpool career, and even the bits and bobs we've seen against Liverpool, which I'm assuming most people have only seen other than YouTube stuff, it's just directness, just fun, just electrifying pace. We just didn't really see any of that. I mean, Cedric basically put him in his pocket, which shouldn't happen. But yeah, I think you have to go with quite a low score. I mean, he got subbed. Off, he got subbed off what about fifty-five minutes when we scored. It's it's not disappointing because he's he's brand new with the team, and other than Chelsea, I think Arsenal's the best team he's played so far, or maybe Inter. Um, but yeah, he just kind of didn't really do anything. But I suppose it was the same for all three of them, really. Um, yeah, this, we needed the subs when he when he did, regardless of Jota scoring and bringing on Bobby. We, we saw the impact, didn't we? But yeah, it's um, it it was disappointing, but I'm, it had nothing to be concerned about. As, did you see the people on Twitter saying this is why Diaz was going to be a concerning signing? It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> he's been fantastic every other game. Um, Amazing. Yeah, but there's no need to get like that. But no, a bad game, but. No worries, really. Yeah, no worries. A, a game that he's hopefully 
trying to forget as quickly as possible and moving on to the next one is Luis Diaz there. Um, Guy, the, red, the the front three was um, completed for, especially starting this game with Sadio Mane. Um, the, the big thing was the chance at the end of the first half where he, he could have uh, put Liverpool ahead in a half that they <laughs> really didn't play all too well. Um, AI Pro subscribers have given Mane a 5.7 so lower than the 6.4s for Diaz and Jota. You've gone with a 5 as well for Mane, similar to your Diaz score. Um, what were your thoughts on Sadio Mane's performance? I've gone for a 5 as well. I thought he was equally as poor as, as Diaz uh, and had the better chances uh, and didn't convert the only, them. The only but, chances. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the only chances, really. Um but yeah, from a defensive standpoint, I thought he did work really hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it didn't just left me at a five of, I know Mane is going to work hard. So I kind of expect that from him. Um, it wasn't anything, you know, extra special in terms of his him working hard. It was just Mane being Mane, working hard, but then not being clinical in, in front of goal. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's certainly not a right winger anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we give him a run there, maybe he'd figure out, but that's not his natural position anymore. But he has played left wing for three, four years, probably, probably longer. Um, and obviously he's played centrally, so he's kind of been all over the shop, really. But I think that goes back to the question, we need some natural cover for more. Well, if we keep more, but let's not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an issue there. I think we need someone who left-footed inverted on the right. Um yeah, Mane wasn't... I think it's different to Diaz, because Diaz wasn't really involved loads, but when he was, he was kind of slow, lackadaisical, not inspiring, etc. Whereas Mane was quite involved, and everything was a bit crap. <laughs> but as you say, he worked hard, he made a nice little run for the Thiago pass into Jota, but again, he made a run centrally, and Ben White like, over-defended really badly. So, it's a good run for Mane, but then you look at Ben White and go, no, that's bad defending. Because if Matip did that, I'd be fuming. Uh, It's bad defended by Cedric as well, but obviously, I think Ben White over-defended the the little Mane run there. Um, Yeah, Mane, he had that chance. I think he had a couple half chances in in the first half, and he was always offside. And he kept diving. It was mm. really annoying. Um, like, it was really... It was almost a pathetic performance from Mane. I know uh, Klopp said he'd batter me if he... Batter anyone who calls him a diver, but he did dive in this game. Um, and I'm not fighting Klopp. He can just beat the crap out of me. Plus, he's like six foot four, massive and German. Um, but yeah, it's... He just had a really bad game. And it, it's been an, a weird season for Mane because he's got the numbers. But the performances, you're like, ooh, a bit dodgy at times. And yeah, this one, I don't know, not on the right wing. I think we just need to find, obviously we've had the injuries and stuff like that, but I think we need to resettle into Mane on the left, more on the right, and then whoever in the middle, or Diaz on the left, and just rest Mane or whatever. But yeah, Mane, I think we need to stop pissing about with his position. Let him go back to doing whatever he's been doing all season. But yeah... That chance at the end of the first half, it is quite a difficult chance. But it's it's Sadio Mane, let's be fair, is is one of the best 
is, well, to me, the second best winger in the Premier League of the last five years, only behind Mo Salah. So, you know, he should be doing better there, and he kind of just absolutely absolutely spoons it. Um, but, yeah, quite a, quite a bad performance from Mane, to be fair. I think he looked a bit better when we went back to the classic front three. Um, but, yeah, a five from me. I thought it was disappointing, and... As I mentioned earlier, we we needed them subs because the attack just didn't really... It, it, it is the first time they played together, to be fair, so fair enough. But I think we needed the natural instincts of, of, Mo, of uh, Mo and Bobby coming on because Mane just looked off it and the other two, yeah, as I mentioned, they were a bit crap as well. So, yeah. Yep, a strange day for all the front three. And we'll obviously get onto the subs in the in, but not great. But it's Arsenal, so it's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you mentioned that front three and, and, you know, rolling back the years to the classic Mo Salah, Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane playing together once again. It was it was beautiful to see. Um, for me, uh, a bit of a nostalgia hit there, if we can say, from a couple of years back. Um, but, Guy, what did you make of those two players' performance? I mean, the third sub was Curtis Jones, but he came on in the 90th minute and didn't the really have role. an awful lot to do. Um, yeah, if Milner was available, Milner would have come on Absolutely. for sure. Um, so I, I, I didn't give him a score. Uh, yes. I, I don't think it's fair to rate him. Mm-hmm. I know there's an average there from AI Pro subscribers, but I'm pulling rank here. I, I don't think it's fair to rate him. Uh, he didn't have much to do in this game and couldn't really affect how we rated him too much in a game where we're 2-0 up, uh, just managing time to, to you know until the ref just puts everyone out of their misery in terms of Arsenal fans and then just lets us celebrate in terms of Liverpool fans. Just just give us a break here, dude. Um, but yeah, so Salah and Firmino, we've got a 7 for uh, for Salah from me, an 8 for Firmino. AI Pro subscribers have a 6.4 for Salah and an 8 for Firmino. So we're in agreement there with the 8 for Firmino because you've also gone 8 for Firmino. I love it when it's a harmonious podcast like that. Um, and then you've gone a 6 for Salah. So up, uh, I've gone the highest for Salah there with a 7. Um, and I, I thought he brought a lot of the things you were saying Mane wasn't necessarily able mm-hmm. to bring on that right-hand side. Um Obviously, it, it's helpful having an, uh, a left-footed player in that role, especially when you've got the likes of Trent and Henderson overlapping. I thought he was lively when he came on. I thought that he was creating quite a few chances and trying to fashion some chances for himself. Um, you know, a couple of shots that got blocked by defenders as well. He was showing intent and hunger, which was good to see for me. And, and that's probably where that seven comes from because you're Help coming off the bench. Well. Yeah, help defensively as well. You're coming off the bench uh, cold into a game where your team hasn't necessarily played all too well, especially in front of goal, and you make a positive impact. I, I think it's, it's a it's a commendable seven for him. And then for Bobby Firmino, it's not just coming on cold. It's coming on freezing cold because mm. the guy hasn't played for ages. Guy, he comes on. Um, and... Usually I get an indication of how Bobby's going to play based on his first like couple of touches. If he starts doing flicks and stuff, I just sit back in my seat and say, right, this guy's feeling it today. And 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 he obviously gets the goal. As we said, him and Jota now have joint custody of um, 
the Emirates Stadium or just Arsenal in general. It's it Arsenal. Doesn't matter he's, where he's they play warming them. up. He's at home. <laughs> yeah. It's his home at the Emirates. He felt so comfortable there. But yeah, talk to me about uh, the two substitutes <clears throat> that came on. Yeah, I'll start with more. I think I, I agree. I think I just went with a six because it was a different game when he came on because we obviously got the goal before he just came on and then Arsenal obviously had try to attack a bit more and we basically score within a few minutes. Uh eight minutes to be exact. Um but yeah it's I think we were just basically managing the game for most of the time he was on. Obviously he had the couple opportunities but there was nothing no big chances or anything like that. Um helped defensively, just gave us a bit more balance and linked up better with Bobby than and Mane than the, the first half uh, attack was doing at all. So yeah I just gave him a six just because he didn't overly do anything individually to put, bump up his rating. But no, I thought we looked much better with him there. Um, but if if the game was different, if it was still nil-nil, I think we would have probably seen him do a lot more. But as I say, we're basically 2 nil up from when he comes on. Um, and then it, it's just about basically managing the game because Arsenal pretty much gave up as soon as they went 2 nil down. So there wasn't much to be done. I think it was just like, well... Dower ball, I'm off home. So I think that's kind of <laughs> why it is just stayed like that for more. And yeah, we just kind of managed the game out. But Bobby, yeah, I think he just needs to imagine he's playing Arsenal every week. I mean, Nottingham Forest playing red. That's Ars- that's Arsenal. They can play at the weekend. Um, Watford, they have a red kit. That's Arsenal. Man City. Yep. We can paint them. <laughs> um, They're coached by a former um, Arsenal. I mean, Man City coach, Arsenal. Yes. There's the, there's the link there. I like it. Arteta is basically Pep with hair. That's Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, we can keep this going. Um, but yeah, Bob, <laughs> Bobby was fantastic when he came out. Like, we, everything we mentioned about the attack. It got fixed when Bobby and Bobby and by extension more coming on, but I think Bobby obviously saw the direct impact. I think in his goal, I, I think it was Gag, I think Gag's tweet, and I'm not sure exactly, but if you go, you, you probably all follow Gag's. I think he said the, I don't know if it was Bobby individually, but the press. I think we won the ball back three times in one incident or something like that, or instance or whatever the hell the word is. So, yeah, you see the impact of Bobby coming back on straight away. I think he pretty... Did he win the ball off Gabriel or Tierney, whoever it was on the left? Then got it back again, had a shot, won it again. <laughs> but he just came on and it was like it was like watching Bobby of 2017. It, it really was. So, it, Bobby's had a quietly good season, but he's obviously had a couple big injuries now, hasn't he? But... He's still a very good. Well, we just keep him. We just keep him around to play against Arsenal, seeing as we play Arsenal four times a season in the League Cup every year. Um, so we might as well just keep him about. But yeah, Bobby, he's had a weirdly good season, but also like a very disrupted season. But in this game, I think we saw why it's going to be very difficult to replace him because if it's looking, if the attack is looking uh, broken down or. Disjointed. Disjointed, that's a word. I was going to, I, I was thinking disillusioned for some reason, which wasn't the word, but disjointed. <laughs> thank you, Tadeo. It, that's where, that's where you need Bobby. Obviously, at, at times, Bobby is part of the di- disjointed attack as well. But yeah, when, when he's on it, the attack just sings. And we saw that in the, uh, what was he on? About 40 odd minutes he was on. So yeah, it, it, 
it's going to be hard to replace Bobby, and it's nice to get these flickers of a few years ago where it was just everything was just saucy. But yeah, the the pressing when he came on was just fantastic. So yeah, I, I went with an eight for Bobby as well. Awesome. And the thing for me, uh, just to touch on that, um, if we get those flickers, is like of of the front three, if there is anyone that's maybe tailed off quite a bit over the, the years, it's probably Bobby. But one mm-hmm. thing about really good players and especially the great players is that when they get older or when they start maybe losing it a bit in terms of what they in terms of their peak years is that the thing that usually goes is more consistency they can't do it every single week anymore but they can do it every now and then so every one week they can pull it off and i thought this was that type of game for bobby so if we're not relying on him to be the focal every single week but we can bring him on and every now and then he does give you that spark, then his career can have, um, you know, more life from a Liverpool perspective, especially from, uh, you know, from an ambitious perspective and what Liverpool are trying to build, especially over the next two years whilst Klopp is still here. But yeah, that Gags Tandon tweet was, in my nine years of collecting pressing stats, I've never seen something like this. Three shots via pressing in a passage of play and one that leads to a goal. Never seen it before. Pure counter-pressing this. Absolutely love it, which is fantastic. And a fantastic way to lead into Plugs Guy because that is going to do it for Rate Don't Hate this week. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? Yeah, a couple things directly from me. Um, I will be hosting, well, kind of hosting part of the show with Dave on Two Footed pretty much after this one, which will be out at four. We do the Premier League predictions. I'm not sure if we're doing the FA Cup games, but we might do. Um, But hey-ho. And I will be hosting the post-match Raw for the Cup game. I won as the League Cup. So let's do the FA Cup. Um, And... For other content, just to people know, we have uh, Under Pressure on Saturday, if you're listening to this beforehand. I bet if that doesn't get cancelled or anything, that'll be live on Discord, and then I'll get that out. Uh, post-match for on Sunday, and then we'll still have stuff over the international break, so don't worry about that. But yeah, that's pretty much it from me. Fantastic stuff. Guys, if you want to know what I'm up to, go and follow at... Tad Predicts on Twitter. Go follow at a Tad Predictable Podcast on Twitter as well. There is a poll going up there at the moment. Um, so if Liverpool fans that are listening to this want to sway that poll a little bit, um, go to a Tad Predictable uh, on Twitter, as I mentioned. And the poll is um, stated as follows. We could potentially uh, see two of the greatest sides in Premier League history facing off in a season finale that would feature them both racing for the FA Cup, the Champions League and the Premier League in the last weeks of May. Who ends up with the most trophies come the end of the season? Liverpool are currently 1-0 up. Um, 82% Liverpool, um, 18% Man City. Guy... Before we end off, what what where are you leaning there? Was the bias a bit too obvious? You know. Who ends with the most trophies? Oh, you gotta go Liverpool. Oh, definitely. Lovely note to end the podcast off, guys. We don't do the FA Cup game, so we will see you in the next English Premier League fixture for Liverpool. Until then, take care. Hope that our players come back fit and see you after Liverpool versus Watford.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.